Hey, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural named, yes, this is a new podcast, Fighting Films. Um, we, uh, me and my two other co-hosts, Stefan and Jess, and various others have done um, a few episodes of this as episodes of Shooting the Shit with Chippa before, and now this is branched out into its own entity, and we are happy to films together so you guys can listen to it and have fun um series creator series creator stefan um social media guru and co-host jess and myself um are gonna talk about movies that have something to do with one another could be two movies could be more it's usually two um but uh you know we try to find some tie that they have together you know uh oh they were basically the same story and got released the same year or you know there's something from our childhood that we think about who knows we're just gonna find ways to make it fun um so uh with that stefan what are we talking about on this episode of fighting films we're talking about uh red eye and flight plan to uh aviation themed Thrillers that were released two months apart from each other in 2005. Awesome. And uh, Jess, why don't you tell people um, where they can find us on social media? Sure. Uh, My name is Jess. Um, As Chris said, I am running the social media pages. So far, with how new we are in our infantile state, um, we've got a Facebook and a Twitter. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Fighting Films Podcast or the little at symbol Fighting Films Pod. And on Twitter, you can just search Fighting Films Podcast. And that's where we post our weekly polls. But yeah, Red Red Eye is winning with four hours left in the voting. Um, Ah, So with that... With with that, uh, you know, Jess was going to start by talking about Red Eye. So Jess, um, give, give uh, give us the lowdown. So Red Eye is a uh, thriller that came out in 2005. It's about a woman named Lisa Reiser trying to get back to her home in Miami, Florida. She is a manager of a hotel there, and um, she meets a very nice gentleman at the airport. They have a drink, they chat, and wind up sitting on the plane next to each other, and everything is just as wonderful as it can be until the plane takes off and um come to find out lisa is a little afraid of flying and um one of my notes on this i was wondering how common is the fear of flying because i uh i noticed this to be a common thread often when i see films about flying somebody's afraid of flying and so it's called aviophobia and it's about two and a half to six and a half percent of people. Have I thought it'd be higher. Me, me too. too. But, you know, that's that's what Google gave me. So, you know, we find out that she's afraid to fly. Um, we find out uh, in this opening montage of her trying to get to the airport, trying to get through the airport, finding out her plane is delayed. Um, she is a people pleaser. Like, she is in the back of a cab, and her second-in-command calls from the hotel with these problematic customers. Their regulars, you know, put them in a different room, comp them two nights, whatever. A total Karen and her husband. Complete yes. Karen, yeah. Yes. Before, before Karen was a thing. 
But in in Lisa's words, there are no asshole customers. There are customers with special needs. Yep. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that's what we learn about Lisa in the beginning is that, you know, she just wants everything to go smoothly and just, you know, get through it all. And um, she winds up meeting this very good-looking gentleman, Killian Murphy. He's tall, he's thin, he's got gorgeous blue eyes and floppy brown hair, and, you know, uh, there's a gentleman in line while they're waiting to be rerouted on the plane. And he is crabby, he is mouthing off to the airline worker who is trying to just help people get to their destinations. And the man does not listen to Lisa, or the other senior citizen woman in line, but it takes Killian Murphy or Jack, Jack Ripner, as we find out, mm-hmm. uh, it takes him to stand up to this misogynistic, gross man. So that was lovely, but it was nice that he stood up for her. And then he said, Well, since we have some time, you know, maybe we should grab a drink. Great Tex-Mex right across the uh, the hallway from our gate. You know, I'll save you a seat if you show up. So she does. And um, honestly, she sits down and gives him way too much information about her life. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, yes. <laughs> Holy buckets. Um, so she's giving him way too much info about her life. Like, he could have guessed probably, like, three of her passwords if he wanted to hack into her computer. Like, there's so much information that she just drops. And I understand word garbage, being nervous around a new person, da-da-da, whatever. But girl, calm down. Um... So, prior to her meeting up with him, she gets coffee spilled on her. And, uh... We have a lovely, gratuitous bra shot, which, I mean, she's an attractive girl. Of course we have to. But we also have to show off this scar that she has across, you know, one of her pectoral muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, And upon the opening, we saw pictures of her playing lacrosse. And she's got this scar that is well healed over. It was a thing of the past. So this girl fights. Like, this girl is a warrior. She's seen some shit. Like, you don't mess with this girl, basically. So, you know, she goes off and, you know, runs into this guy. And he... You know, tries to guess what drink she wants, and he was very close, but she mm-hmm. gets something else. And, um, you know, as they're wrapping up, he mentioned uh, they were talking about his name, Jack Rittner. And uh, he he told her his name was Jackson. And she asked Jack, and he goes, I haven't gone by Jack since I was 10. And she goes, why? He says, my last name is Rittner. And she goes, Jack Rittner. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Got it. That wasn't very nice of your parents. And he said, that's what I said to them before I killed them. And the, the other night we had... Oh, sorry. 
which is kind of, you know, an offhand comment. You know, nobody, you know, whatever. Haha, funny. Most well, people are just sarcastic. <laughs> you know, sure. It's funny. So, we get on the plane. And, uh, you know, he's gotten a couple of phone calls. And the very first one he gets when they're together, um, he just says, uh-huh, yep. And looks at her, which says to me that it's about her. Yep. And so that first call that he has, he's like, uh-huh, yep, and looks at her, and then, like, looks away, and he's like, oh, sorry, I need to take this, and walks away. And um, she goes and gets in line to get on the plane. Gets on the plane, finds out she is seated right next to Mr. Jack Rittner. What a coincidence. Yeah, what a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Let's continue. Yes. yes. I I love Dr. Horrible. It's Me too. One of my super faves. Um anyway, so find out they're sitting next together. This is crazy. Da da da. We're gonna have a lovely flight. And so they're taking off and basically when it's too late to do anything, he starts talking about her father and kind of getting into some maybe not so good territory. And uh, they finally get up into the air and she's like, oh, thank you for distracting me. And he's like, oh, it wasn't a distraction. And she's like, oh, what, are you a psychologist? And he says, no, I, uh, I specialize in assassinations. And government yes. takedowns. Mm-hmm. Thank you. My brain just went kaput. Um, That's all right. <laughs> so, uh, just after that, just I don't remember if it's just before or just after, but she gets a call, and just they double check, and he goes, "So we're doing this right, five thirty. Which, to me, should have pinged in her ear. Because when she was talking to her number two before, she was freaking out that they are getting a member of Homeland Security at their hotel, not at 5.30 p.m., but at 5.30 a.m. And it's just Mm -hmm. one of the things that they do for security. And quite Mm -hmm. honestly, with how on the ball she is, that should have pinged. That should have pinged in her brain to me. Like, 5.30. Like, oh, what's that? 5.30? Like, I know something at 5.30. Is it the same thing you know at 5.30? I don't know. Um, well, so... she was... She, one of his big things that I thought was clever, even though he says, you know, it screwed it all up, and um, is that she was there for, for a death in the family. So yeah. that... That you know has her very thrown. You can, like the fear of flying and everything else. This is he's able to break down her guard by just being a little aggressive, but being yeah. really, really um, su- not sweet. Is it? He's he's winning her over with like that weird charming. trusting, yeah, charming, charming, charming. Yeah. Oh man, one of my favorite quotes ever is uh, from Candyman, Christina Aguilera. That oh. says, uh, there's nothing more dangerous than a boy with charm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's very true. So go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, that's it. I was just saying that, you know, I found um, 
you know, his ability to like, because up, up to this point, this movie is being staged like a love story. Do you know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. The movie yep. has little, little yep. nods. I mean, like if you, if around the time this movie came out, Wes Craven made a couple dramas. So, you know, the audience that came to see a Wes Craven movie, which, you know, we'll talk about how they build this movie later, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gets you in the seats, but you're watching it. I mean, it's got like a very early 2000 soundtrack at the beginning and it's yeah. very bright yeah. and their little meat cute is very, you know, there's nothing. The, the movie doesn't really do anything other than body language to ever tell you that there's any danger. So mm-hmm. when the danger flips, mm-hmm. it hits hard and you're like, wait a minute. Oh, no, this is a Wes Craven movie. Oh no! Yeah. Like it just kind of yeah. goes. It's like, oh damn! <laughs> That's okay, exactly so how the trailer played out. <laughs> I was yeah. just gonna say we're gonna yeah. take a little field trip to the trailer <laughs> yeah. that I had not seen. That wasn't it great me when we watched the movie last night. The original uh, trailer for it was straight up rom com, meet cute, the whole shebang. Girl is you know. Going to, uh, you know, going to the airport. It's raining. You know, she meets this cute guy and he meets this cute girl. And, oh, they're stuck together on the plane. How sweet. And from there. So what do you do? <laughs> and you know what? You know what I love about that trailer is it's it 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 sets up exactly what the movie is going to deliver in terms of a bait and switch, but it doesn't tell you a damn thing after that. You show up thinking, nope. is he a, nope. de- is he a demon? Is he, is he like, you know, with the, with his, like, I mean, how on point with his eye turning red in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on guys. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Seth like, and is I were talking about it. I'm like, is this going to be a possession? What's or, going on? Right. I am um, like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, so like I um I first saw this trailer uh, uh, during uh, right before the Ring Two. I saw that in theaters with some friends. My seat um at, like my senior year of high school, yep. and like none of us knew what to make of it. We were just like I think we all laughed. We're like, what what the hell is this? And it was like, okay, Wes Craven. It's going to be something supernatural. I mean, a great a great nickname a great nickname for it. I think I messaged you about this. Uh, a great nickname for this movie would have been just based off the trailer, the devil and Regina George. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and I even love the, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people within like the two hands on the window and you're right. like, what's yeah. going like, to happen in okay. movie? <laughs> and that never shows up in the movie. Um, <laughs> and like, I, uh, um, and a lot of the, the ads, and the, and not not uh, excluding this one too, they made it look like uh, that that Lisa was going to be the one in danger that they were going to try and kill, and it wasn't. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Like she's she's literally just a pawn in in, what, mm-hmm. in what's going. On. And mm-hmm. and what I what I also loved. Um, and again, I you know I want to want to continue with with the ball in Jess's court to go through this movie, but just something else I loved about it is how the movie's really tight. It's very like there, there's not a whole lot left. Um, there's no fat in this movie. It's all it's just perfectly very, paced. It's yeah. perfectly paced. Yeah, and I love that the trailer did not tell you 
that they're like it, it it's it's almost acting from the trailer like selling you you know um uh a movie with people stuck somewhere it's claustrophobia you you hate claustrophobia you hate planes no one likes any of this we're making a horror movie on a plane and they don't tell you a thing about the third act do you know right. what i mean the yeah. trailer doesn't tell you that Killian Murphy is basically going to go friggin' Michael Myers, you know, <laughs> like and like be the guy who cannot be killed, <laughs> you, you know, with he a trachea. So with a uh, fantastic in this movie. Oh He's yeah, absolutely. He was amazing. Did and now did you both read uh, who the, the like early on in the script who were eyed to play the two leads? No. no. Sean Penn and Robin Wright. Oh, wow. Yeah, that probably would have, you know, reality versus fiction. You know, I could kind of see some of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I know. See, Looking back. The thing that's cool with this is, you know, this movie kind of typecast Murphy a little mm-hmm. bit in, yeah. the, in the charming guy, in the charming guy that, you know, has a rough side. But before this movie, he was nothing but, you know, leads. Like, yeah. he was... He, he, so, watching this, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's cool. I like this guy. There's nothing wrong with this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's kind of like, oh, shit. You know, I think it was actually really good to set him up to play Scarecrow. I agree. Yeah, because it came out around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yep, so just, I just... Just take, take, take us... Are we going to take a journey back from the trailer? Yes, um, I just wanted to mention that the first trailer that came up showed a little more about it and definitely piqued my interest a little more. But that first trailer just threw me for a loop. I was just like, what? What? Like, what is this? This is not this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, no. Um, (laughs) It reminded me of it reminded me of like uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, which just changes genres like midway through just snaps. yeah, and it and the trailer like n- not that the trailer does the movie a disservice, but it doesn't sell you the tone. Like there's things that are sped up, you know, to make it look mm-hmm. more intense that are actually kind of slow and you know, yeah. n- right. it's like well, what what are you doing here, man? <laughs> like, yeah, this movie is definitely a sear as it yeah. goes. It's mm-hmm, not yeah. like you know a hard and fast. It will burn you all the way through. Like, it's it's so good. So, um, while they're on the plane, Jack pulls out this wallet with the initials JR, which happened to be Joseph Reisert, uh, which is Lisa's dad. But it also could stand for Jack Rittner. And so that's how Lisa finds out that her dad is in danger if she does not help him, you know, get this... Homeland Security um, worker and his family, mind you, we find his family mm-hmm. is traveling with him. They have no reason to be traveling with him, just that they are traveling with him. His wife and two lovely children. You know what uh, I love? Same thing. They, yeah. You know, you know what I love is that they let the audience know that before they let our main character know. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a sad moment when she, after she calls in the thing. And he says, good, this will take care of him and his family. And she goes, excuse me? Like, it's like, yep. like she literally just put, you know, like the crosshairs on children and a wife. And it's just like, well, what? <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah. 
And so it's actually really interesting because it's kind of like a plot inside of a plot. Because what we have is the plot with Jack and Lisa in their little, like, seat area. And then we've got all these extra players on the outside. Um, and they come into play for different reasons. Um, you know, Lisa, when she sees this wallet, she stands up. She starts kind of freaking out. And the uh, this redheaded um, flight attendant who, for no reason at all, just decides to be rude as hell. Like, um, her co- Sit down. Her, she motions for Lisa to sit down, and her uh, co-worker, who's another flight attendant, says, oh, 18G is going off. Do you want me to see what they want? And she goes, no, she probably just wants another drink, and I, I should join her. Or something along those lines. And, like, this woman is not acting drunk or erratic or anything. It's just a shitty comment. It's yeah. like, what mm-hmm. makes you think somebody's, like, drunk? Just because she's standing up and, you know, she comes over and, you know, she's crying at this point. Because she realizes she is in a duck situation that she can't do hardly anything about except what this guy wants. And basically, Jack just turns to the stewardess and says, you know, she's had a really hard day. She had a death in the family. And the stewardess is like, oh, I understand. Let me get you, you know, some Kleenex and water. And so she's <laughs> she's nice for a minute. Um, but then... A little later on, uh, Lisa asks to use the restroom. And, you know, this is one of her diversion tactics where she goes and she just needs a few minutes by herself. And she gets it and she realizes she can write a note in soap on the mirror. And she knew that this little girl named Rebecca, who will talk I love her. I love bit. Rebecca. I love Rebecca. Sorry. Amazing. We will talk about her in a little bit. Calm down. We will get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how we know that we're all excited about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this little girl, who's very sweet, who we have seen sporadically throughout the movie. She's flying on this plane, too. She's flying alone. Her mom, you know, at the airport wanted to make sure she's okay. And she's like, Mom, I'm okay. I'm 12. Like, I'm, I'm 11, not 9. I'm 11, not 9. Close <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, 11. Um, but yeah, and she walks up to Lisa, who's in line for the airplane bathroom. And, you know, she goes... Oh, are you in line? And Lisa said yes. And, you know, she offered for the little girl to go ahead of her. And she said, no, you know, you were first. And so Lisa goes in. She writes, 18F has bomb on the mirror. Because she's trying to do anything she can to not let his plan happen. And as soon as she opens the door to the bathroom, there he is. He pushes her inside, sees the note, you know... Um, washes it as much as he can so it is not legible on the mirror, you know, knocks her around a little bit, um, chokes her, and is like, you know, this is happening. 
And if you tell anybody, your dad is dead. Period. And so, you know, they come out of the bathroom and little Miss Rachel, uh, who a flight attendant is watching over because she is a child traveling alone, said, oh, a man came out of that bathroom. And the flight attendant goes, yeah, you know, we share them here. And she goes, no, but a woman was in there with him. And the flight attendant goes, oh, it's going to be one of those kinds of flights. (laughs) (laughs) And as soon as uh, Lisa and Jack come out of the bathroom, the redheaded flight attendant says, hey, and pulls him back. And she goes, this isn't a motel. And he said something like, sure it is. And, you know, winks at her and walks away. So just being like, smarmy and gross but from the outside this is what they're seeing you know this is the plot in the plot like the outside people are seeing something completely different than what's going on and it's one of the reasons i love this movie Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's it's pretty clear that rebecca kind of suspects something's up yes yes rebecca is watching and kids will watch. Yes, and we're we're gonna we're gonna see that in the next movie too. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So Damn. actually, real quick about the plane bathroom, I have a couple of uh, notes on this. Yep. Um, so at first, when she said she had to go to the bathroom, Lisa said she had to go to the bathroom. Jack hands her the empty water bottle. Oh. Are mm. you kidding me? Women don't pee in bottles. Right. Okay. Uh, it's we so have gross. Indies, not an Audi. Like, this is all I can offer you. It's like, come yeah. on, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed he let her go, honestly. Well, what's yeah. she gonna do? You know, pee your pants. Right. True. Well, yeah. Like that's gonna that's gonna definitely always. Attention. He definitely always seems a chess move ahead. Like, you know, it's like, okay, he's just, what can I do with the bathroom? Oh, I can turn it into yet this other thing to get the flight attendants, which are obviously a caddy towards the girl, you know, you know, in with this guy on a flight. You know, you you know, they all saw that. Like, there's theatrics to it. You could almost wonder if maybe before the flight, he kind of flirted with those two flight attendants intentionally at some point. So then they could see him with her and kind of be a little bit like, you know, catty about it. You know, mm-hmm. hence the comment about the other drink. Oh, we saw you drinking at the bar. You know, before you got on the flight. You know, it's, right. oh, okay. Because <laughs> all the flight attendants and people hang out in the airport. Oh, well, that's what they do before it yep. goes. But I have to add, it doesn't always need to happen like that. It can just be a good-looking guy. Yeah, and of course. Like that. Yeah. Like, there doesn't have to be anything to it, but women can just be catty with each other. It, and I like how he, he just he, he has his finger on that pulse of everything. It's yep. uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but what but what he doesn't have is he, like you said the little girl that's always watching because they're benign in situations like this, right? Well, that's the thing is she's not on his radar. She serves no oh. purpose to him. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, you know, just a person on the plane that, you know, has no, nothing to do with nothing, so it doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. Um, but I gotta talk about the size of that bathroom. 
that is not a realistic <laughs> plain bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, those plain bathrooms, like, are ridiculous. Like, I don't even try to go in the bathroom in a plane. Like, it's not worth it. I can't sit down in one. I was going to say, I'm not sure I could sit in a plane bathroom. No. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there's one point, um, actually, when she first goes into the bathroom, she gets down on her knees and, like, starts dry heaving into the toilet, basically. But she has her hair hanging in her face. And I'm like, no, girl. No. Mm -hmm. Even if you've never barfed in your life, which I don't believe... (laughs) <laughs> you you have helped somebody who has barfed because you're a people pleaser and you know you hold their hair back. Otherwise, your pretty hair is getting ruined and it's going to be stinky. So, I just, I had to mention that. I'm like, no, your hair is not going to hang all in your face while you're barfing. I was thinking of that line. I was thinking of the wedding singer when Drew Barrymore was like, I vomited in my hair. Does my hair stink? (laughs) So good. I'm going to be Julia. Julia! So, um, Going back, they get back to their seats, and I I noticed something. She is paying for all these air calls. They can't use yeah, cell phones. Oh, and those, those aren't cheap. Those were not no, cheap. <laughs> no, but he rips her purse out of her hands, grabs a credit card out of there, and they make something like four air calls, three or four air yep. calls, mm-hmm. all on her credit card. I'm like, are you bloody serious? Probably 50 bucks at least. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like, you're already holding this girl hostage. You're dangling her dad's life in front of her to make her do something you don't want to do. And you're making her pay for these calls? Jeez, really? Really? I don't know. Bank Bank of America would have flagged that for me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like your your blockbuster purchase. I saw that on a... Oh my the last god! Every I saw that time, today. Every what time. Hold it. Rewind. What happened? So every time I've purchased something from the last blockbuster in Oregon, um, huh. Bank of America flags it as fraudulent and makes me call and tell them what's going on. And the person on the phone every time it's been four times now goes, "There's no more blockbuster. You're bullshitting me." <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's a real story. I swear. Shoot, that's, I that's better than my bank. <laughs> yeah. Bank of, America, bank of America's steel trap. Like, they, they don't let anything through. <laughs> my bank, we had somebody steal credit card information, use it to pay uh, some of their tuition at, oh. a, at a college in Canada. Oh, no. But I paid for an Airbnb in New Orleans, and they flagged me for it. Oh, Jesus. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is not okay. Like, you'll let somebody in Canada go on a shopping spree with our card, but, you know, I try to put down an Airbnb in a different state, and I get flagged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Education is fine. How dare you go try to have fun? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Jess, I love, I, and, and I love, I think it was uh, Chris, you, you were there, someone who mentioned this, you know, how like violently he grabs like her purse and the card. Like he, I love his motions in this movie. And I mentioned this just the other day when, like when, when he grabs the bag of peanuts or pretzels out of the thing. I love that, that grab. It's just so aggressive. I just like, I love that. I love he, that. He grabs the first one just fine. Right. And then she's like, he's like trying to get rid of the stewardess because she's her <laughs> flight attendant. And she's like, oh, ma'am. And he's like, just fucking give me the peanuts and leave. <laughs> Can you all stop paying attention to her? Because I'll headbutt her again. Yeah, right. no that headbutt is... I have not seen... Like, this is another one. This is PG-13, and it is brutal as yes. fuck. And not, <laughs> not, not yet getting to the scene pretty soon. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so uh, earlier head on, with he little, His little trickle of blood out. Mm-hmm. Such a good detail. But I'm like, you know, how hard did you headbutt her for her to be out for a half an hour? That Damn. that's where the blood comes from, man. Like that's why I was like, when they show his head yeah. that's a perfect way to tell you, oh, he hit her hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a little surprised nobody would notice that, but you know, whatever. But well, um I it mean- was a red eye. Yeah. Again, she had a couple of cheap wines at her grandma's funeral and some cheap vodka at the bar. So oh, no, she could be... sleep it off. Oh, I mean, yeah, like being passed out, like people wouldn't question that. But, you know, yeah, speaking of, you know, people, me not believing people wouldn't notice things. Well, again, we'll get to that in my movie, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, sorry. Sorry, Jess. I mean, people people are so just self-absorbed that yeah. most of the time they don't see Except children. Except children. Yeah. Don't 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 write off children when they say things. Listen yeah. to them and believe them. I hate it when people do that. Yep. Uh. So uh, one of the things I love about this movie is how smart it is. This movie mm-hmm. is so flippin' smart. Like, there's a point where Lisa tries to call her dad, and the phone gets cut off. It, oh, yes. Break, mm-hmm. It gets cut off. You know, he he answers it, but they're not able to connect. But he, it's the middle of the night. He hears a dog barking in his neighborhood. And he hears some odd noises outside and instead of just you know shrugging his shoulders and go back and back to the comedy festival he was watching he gets up he looks around he checks outside like he goes and looks which is the smart thing to do mm-hmm. there's a dog barking in the middle of the night that's an issue like that yeah. is not normal you know you hear weird noises outside you check that shit out. Like, if if I've learned anything from the podcast, um, let's not meet. Oh my gosh, <laughs> people are creepy. And you know, if somebody's outside your house, you know, check it out from the inside and call the cops because it's not gonna end well. Um, yeah. <laughs> one one someone mentioned earlier how interesting the they have the the inside the plane story and the outside the plane story and they give Brian Cox so little to to like he he occupies a very small 
portion of this movie playing father, and he's just such a damn good actor. Oh and yeah. They pace and cut those scenes so well that it tells a whole story. Like his wallet being stolen in the opening credits is like such a good efficiency of delivering plot, where it's like it sets up the entire outside thing of what's going on before you even know it. It's just really well done with him. Yeah. Yeah, he he was unrecognizable from the the Born series, the yeah, first two, right. and it, those were like right before. Like I yeah, I didn't even know that was him for like years. So, um, and actually talking about the outer characters of this subplot that we have going, I I got to give props to these outer characters and the time that's spent cultivating these outer characters because each of them has a little bit to do with this inner main plot going on there's the woman who needs help getting her bag up and you know buys lisa some extra time away from jack there's the um elderly woman who gets this book from Lisa and Lisa uses it to try to write help note. Um, there's this kid and his either friend or brother who's sketching with this cool uh, Frankenstein pen, which Stefan, you told me a little uh, interesting tidbit about it. Yeah, it was uh, supposed to be a Bart Simpson's pen, but they couldn't get the uh, licensing. Cleared. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. I, I read they gave those pens out to people at the premiere. Probably. Well, I could find one on eBay. Cool. That'd be cool. And Chris, um, not to sidetrack, but Chris, did you recognize the elderly woman for the book? What else she was from? She, I, I will tell you, I don't know from where, but I was so caught off guard because I kept thinking the whole time, who is this person? Because like, uh, she's, I was trying to place it. From uh, Trapped in Paradise. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also uh, also the wedding singer. Speaking yeah. of. Yeah. Her her scene was great. Where it was like you know listing off all the couples that like were married in 1985 but had gotten divorced by 98. That was a great. <laughs> great touch. <laughs> Bert and Ronnie and Charles and Diana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So coming back, getting back to the main plot of the film, we're coming towards the end of this plane ride. And eventually Lisa makes the call to her hotel, to her second in command, like, hey, I know I told you to put uh, this Homeland Security guy in this room, but we need to switch him to this other room. And her second in command is freaking out. She's like, we already set up the crystal and the Cubans, uh, Cuban cigars. And she's like, oh, my gosh, there's no time. Da, da, da. I'm like, how hard is it to move two items from <laughs> one room to another? Like, right. it's, you grab one in one hand, you grab one in the other and go. I mean, she was pretty frazzled, clearly. She was, she was frazzled just, uh, the whole no. thing. Like, I felt bad for this girl. She was like a freaking chihuahua in headlights. Like, it, just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And so, um, as I was talking about the outside players of The Plane, which I, I love this movie. It, it's so perfect. It is, I want to say, one of the most perfect movies to me, in my opinion. 
It's like, criminally, criminally underrated. Yes, it's, it is. It's actually, yeah. as a movie, both and in the pantheon of things Wes Craven made, like people do not give this credit. And like, there is a master's touch at how this is paced. Yeah. Anyone else, anyone else would not have done this this way. I and remember it right, right around the time of Wes Craven's death was the 10th anniversary of this movie. And I remember um, I rewatched it with a, uh, a friend of mine at the time. He had never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a crowd pleaser too. A lot of people didn't see it, but people who did love it. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. Like, I and I, I actually did see this in theaters. I told Jess it was one of the last movies I saw before I went to college. It was either this or the Skeleton Key. One of them. Oh yeah. And yeah. Um, that, that's a good movie. Speaking of also with my uh, Peter Skarsgård playing someone I just want to punch. Speaking of, we'll get to that. Just <laughs> oh, a pin in that. We'll get to that. And um, uh, yeah, and like I loved it. Immediately bought it when it came out. And like Kyle, Kyle had also seen it in theaters, and he loved it too. My friends have all loved this movie. My family did not like it. Nobody in my family liked this movie. It was so oh, wow. weird. Yeah, I know, I know, right. <laughs> so, um, on her way back from the bathroom, we find out that Lisa has grabbed the pen off of the kid's tray table that he was sketching with. And she, you know, doubles over, and he's like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, you headbutted me, remember? And he's like, you know what? You Suck think you're up. worse. Suck it up. Sit up. This is almost over. And as she does, she grabs the pen and starts telling him this story. And she has the pen in her hand and she's hiding it on her side. And she said, uh, it happened in the parking lot. The scar. Two years ago. In the middle of the day. He held a knife to my throat the whole time. Ever since, I've been trying to convince myself of one thing over and over. And Jack says, that it was beyond your control? And Lisa goes, no. That it would never happen again. And Bing. stabs him with perfect aim right in the middle of the throat. And at that moment, the movie just jacks up to ten and does not yeah. let go. Oh, I just, yeah, it's just, oh. Yep. Uh. Yeah, From there, the movie, the movie and she, looks at you and... The movie looks you in the eyes right at that moment and goes, and if you didn't know you were in basically a horror movie yet, here is your final girl. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, and, like, this is awesome. And, and she is just a woman on a mission at this point, just like, you know, just like jumping over the rows, you know, and she uh, oh, just, I, oh. yeah, I'm like, you go, girl. Oh, yeah. I remember like, sitting in the theater just so happy that the movie went there because <laughs> I was expecting, you know, like a, you know, like, like you said, like a, um, uh, a movie taking place in one location. And instead it gives you this, oh, we're going to have a third act. And you have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> yep. So as soon as she gets him in the neck, she jumps over him, starts jetting down the aisle, trying to get away from him, trying to get to the plane door, be the first out the plane door, get this done. Like, Keith is at the hotel. Keith is the Homeland Security guy. Him and his family are at the hotel. They had to switch rooms. Security is doing a sweep. They see this fishing boat out on the water, but that's all. Nothing's going to happen from that. You know, they have the Coast Guard check it out. No big deal. She is running, and as soon as she gets past the first part of the plane, 
our friend Rachel notices what's going on, sees him start to run, and kicks her suitcase into <laughs> the walkway. Yeah. Over, making her my MVP of the movie. She is. I love the look. She's a badass. I love the look she gives him too. Like I know exactly what you are. She is someone. She is someone I like to think you know was was raised very well. Had really good parents. I mean, you know, that's not totally indicative, obviously, but I like to think that. And her parents would be proud of her, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Lisa is busting through the airport she's had they've called security they say this woman stabbed this man in the neck like they don't know what's really going on she ditches the sweater she was wearing and uh stefan was like oh that's not gonna make a difference i'm like yes it is but it wouldn't make like much i mean like she still has the same hair and everything she all they know is she's a caucasian woman with brown hair wearing a white long sleeve shirt and a dark skirt Right. I guess I didn't notice it was. I didn't notice it was pink. It looked like the the undershirt was pink. It looked white. The moment the moment you walk into a crowd looking like that, you, especially with like business class passengers, you're disappearing. Yep. And so she takes off this sweater, ditches it in the garbage, to reveal she's wearing a very light blush pink tank top mm-hmm. underneath, which completely changes. You know, well, not completely, but changes a lot of what they're looking for because they're looking for white. Not many people wear white anyway, but she's wearing, you know, a pink shirt now. And this movie is so smart. She, you know, stops at, you know, this magazine shop and is checking out the magazine just to kind of see what's going on around her to kind of assess what's going on, see what trouble she's in she sees jack coming after her she's running you know and when security starts catching up she walks into a restaurant and grabs a clipboard and is like oh hi i'm taking a survey about this restaurant Uh, that was great and i I would not have been able to think on my feet like that i would not have been able to they see security run by and they the girls are like oh i wonder what's going on and they turn back around and lisa's gone you know, and, and this is when we find out that Lisa is Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, on his way out of the plane, he stops in one of the plane bathrooms to assess oh, his neck oh. to make sure, you know, he's not, you know, spurting blood out of the hole. And somebody goes, is there a doctor? Is there a doctor? And this asshole passenger <laughs> from the beginning, who is this misogynistic dick, comes up and he's like, oh, no, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty clear. And so he's like, great. Pulls it out, grabs the scarf off of this rich woman who, by the way, I'm into classic fashion. I know how to do classic fashion. She's wearing a brown scarf and carrying a black purse? I don't think so. (laughs) Like, your accessories should match, lady. But the funny thing is, the scarf looked better on him as an ascot anyway. Killian Murphy gets 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 a gets a you know a pen bathroom tracheotomy and, and <laughs> he, turns it he, he classes it up. Yeah, exactly. And so um he gets out of the plane. He's trying to catch Lisa. Lisa walks out of the airport and 
basically just grabs a car. <laughs> so nonchalantly. When this couple <laughs> is saying goodbye and somebody's like dropping somebody off at the airport, she just gets in and jacks this SUV, drives to her dad's house, sees the uh, silver car that this hitman was waiting outside of her dad's house in, but he's not there. So she has to look around and finds out he is at the front door. He is at the front door, ready to walk in and kill her dad. So she revs up and runs him down. Yes! Can I say he had really crappy aim for an assassin? Uh, that, and he looked like a friggin' doctor. <laughs> like, he did not yeah. look like Hitman. Well, they, they established this assassin earlier was weirdo and like was into like i have a feeling this guy isn't used to firing guns i i you know i i think the the gun yeah. is just protection like because you know he's gonna be out there listening to smooth jazz sharpening his 12 inch <laughs> bowie knife you know uh, it's and it's actually like, a k-bar yes k-bar yeah, sorry I, that's I a knife <laughs> like, love that like jack explained that he's ready to like carve your dad up with a k-bar like, so he's not really going to be a great shot with a gun. It's not his forte. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she gets in the house. You know, she she uh, tells her dad to call the police. And she gets on the phone. And dad walks away to go do something else. I'm like, no! No! Stay in the same... Yeah. Dad with you! Like, this, this was the whole point of this. And uh, she... You know, gets off the phone, goes to find her dad. He is passed out in the kitchen, and Jack is there. And and he and like, yeah. And and I would have. Um, and I think I mentioned this how like, you know, if I know it was personal for him at this point, but I, you know, he should have just aborted the mission at that point. You know, he probably cost. Or she probably cost him like his money for yeah. this this hit or this and, fu- and future thing. hits. Yeah, and future yeah. jobs. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so they're in the kitchen having a square off around the island. And yep. she's like, oh, you know, just finishing the job. And he, I don't remember the, uh, the exact words, but basically he's there to finish the job. He was never going to let her live in the first place. Um, Which shocking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, they square off. She takes off. And mind you, this is the house she grew up in. She's going to know all the ins and outs. You know, there's a point where she goes out onto the roof to go to another room. Like, she climbs down and goes in the back door with a spare key. Like, they are all over the house. Um, I got to say, the fighting looks really good. It looks pretty dang realistic. Yes. Um, instead of like these crazy over the top karate moves and air kicks and this and that and another thing. And she never acted like a damsel, which I love so much. But I gotta say, one thing I noticed is Killian Murphy had grabbed the K bar off of the, um, hitman who was already dead on the floor. Which, if you've ever seen Zombieland, you uh-huh. double tap. Exactly. I, I didn't. Tap. I fully expected him to come back. I don't care if they look dead. You double tap. Every freaking time. Double tap. 
and you know, I, I thought it was funny, you know, and I, I was going to mention this because I remember distinctly how, like, you know, the the, the blood that was there, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like pooling out. Because I don't know if you know this, Chris and Jess, but the uh, the rule for PG thirteen versus R is you can't have blood pooling. Oh. Supposedly, that's why like there will be blood. That movie got an R rating just for that part at the end. Oh, brutal. I know. Well, as a person who studied some anatomy, that tells me that his heart already stopped. And it's no longer ah, pumping blood. That's, yeah. Yeah. True. So, But I suppose it could still pool if there's, you know, oh, a, an outlet for blood to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, one thing I really appreciated was when Jack was holding the knife, he was holding it correctly. In that... Um, he was holding it with the blade away from his thumb. And you hold it so that you can still fight, you can still punch, you're not going to stab yourself somewhere important with it. Like, if you fall, it is not going into your body. Like, that's the correct way to hold a knife if you're, you know, fighting with one. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, so they are going throughout the entire house, Lisa and Jack squaring off, and at one point, she goes into her bedroom closet and finds her lacrosse stick. I don't yes. know if it's a stick mm-hmm. or a club or what it's called. I played broomball. They're having this square off. She grabs her lacrosse stick and eventually starts fighting with that, and she is... A badass warrior, like badass chick. She fights the knife out of his hand, and there's one point where he's on the ground and he reaches for it, and she wraps his hand with the lacrosse stick. And I'm just like, yes, that shit hurts. Like, <laughs> so eventually, um, he throws her down the stairs, and she gets to the landing, and they're just kind of staring at each other, trying to figure out what they're doing next. And she goes the next three, four stairs down because she sees the hitman's gun with the silencer. And he comes down, and she shoots Jack once. Nothing, you know, to kill him. Nothing, you know, too dangerous. But they start hearing sirens in the background. And he's like, this isn't over. And the gun had gotten out of her hand. I don't remember how. But then all of a sudden, two more shots come up. And Dad has the gun. And he hit to kill. He shot to kill. It was amazing. And, uh, you know, I don't know what her dad did. But he got him right around the heart. And it was great, but still did not double tap, which drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, we get to the end of the movie and Lisa goes to the hotel. You know, she called the hotel on her way from the airport to her house before her fight with Jack and said, Cynthia, get him out of his room. Something's going to happen. Da, 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 da. They get out just in time for these guys on this fishing boat to use, what was it? A rocket launcher? Yeah. Or, yeah. To use I a rocket launcher. I love it too. The to rocket launcher that they, 
that they hide by putting it at the bottom of the ocean and then bringing it up with fishing lines after the coast guard. Yeah, th- those must have been strong. Those must have been strong fishing lines. Well, yeah, really yeah strong I fishing love lines. that bit. <laughs> yep. So she gets back to her hotel, you know, after fighting, probably the next day or whatever, and she encounters these shitty customers that we that we met in the beginning. And they have nothing but rude things to say about Cynthia, this poor little chihuahua girl who has been basically through hell in trying to fill Lisa's shoes while she's gone. And, you know, they, they're pretty much like, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. What are you going to do about it? And Lisa goes, well, you can go to the desk and fill out a comment card. And they said, a comment card? She wants us to fill out a comment card? Bob, did you hear that? She wants us to fill out a comment card. A comment card? So after this cacophony of comment cards, she's like, yes, I do. (laughs) And after you finish, you can go ahead and just shove it up your ass. And And she's arm around Cynthia and walks away. And literally, this is one of the best movies ever. And she's done trying to please people, which she had done for the whole movie. Well, at least them. Right. Yeah. They were fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's I, I, and I, that that was such a perfect recap of the movie, and I mm-hmm. love I love all of the badass like because this is 2005 was not, still not a time where we were getting that many movies that were so centric on making a female character so badass and putting her in a situation where her foil is set up to be the normal guy that would save the day for a woman like this, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what I love. Like from the beginning, it showed she was a fighter. She played lacrosse. Like she's got this big ass scar that, you know, it serves as a reminder that she's never going to be a victim again. Like the Mm -hmm. whole thing. So um, I actually wanted to bring up, I had kind of a headcanon come up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we were talking the other day about the headcanon between Titanic and Gatsby and how, you know, Jack pocketed the diamond and pawned it and turned into Gatsby <laughs> and throws all the parties and hates water <laughs> and all that. So I was thinking about it and I'm like, what if Lisa Reisert is Regina George? Bum, bum, bum. Oh, damn. Yeah. At, at the end of Mean Girls, she starts playing lacrosse. Yep. And that picture at the beginning where, where he took the wallet, that was a still from Mean Girls. It was. <laughs> yep, it was. So yep, you know what? So it's canon. There we go. That's, that's what got me thinking. And it is. The internet being out there. People are going to post about their shitty high school bully, Regina George. Put her name out there. You know, I want people to know who this is. Da-da-da-da-da. So she changes her name and, you know, goes and into... And makes up for it by being a people pleaser. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. And I love it. And finally finds, you know, a middle of being a badass. So that's that's what popped into my head. That's what I was trying to look up at the beginning because I don't know if Rachel McAdams played lacrosse IRL, but oh, um, she did in both movies. 
So I'm like, this works. I love it. Yeah, I love it. There, there was, um, and I don't know if you both know this, but there was initially talk of a sequel. Correct. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it would have. Um, uh, it never really got off the ground. I, I, I think it might have involved like where um, whatever organization Jackson was working for was coming after him and Lisa and the two of them had to kind of like like unwillingly team up to protect each other. Oh, all right. Yeah. I get it. it. It's it's kind of right. like a like Taken 2 in a way what they did yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see Taken 2. I think I would only be interested in that movie if Jack and Lisa were still trying to fight each other. Yeah, I mean, they probably would end up doing it at some point, I'm sure. Like, team up for part of it, and then... Right, right. Yeah. Like, have it, be, have it be that circumstantial thing where they're still right. just at each other's throats the mm-hmm. whole time. I, yeah. I, I would watch that movie. I would absolutely watch that. It would definitely be a genre change, too, which would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the, the, the buddy cop movie, but the buddies don't want anything to do with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think I've seen that one. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, that's I was just exactly thinking of that. Thinking. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I just wanted to read a review. Like, that clearly, <laughs> I read this to Jess the other night. Um, I don't agree with this at all. But Wesley Morris of the Boston Globe felt that the film was like a poor cousin of an episode of 24. Call it 12. <laughs> that's the end of a red eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Don't agree with that at all. Not but, at all. Yeah. To each their own. That reads to me like a review they had written before they watched the film. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. To get wit- you know, the witty headline or whatever. Like I said, I, God, Red Eye. Damn. Um, let's let's hear from Stefan now about uh, Flight Plan, which, um, you know, when we get into similarities about these movies, they're definitely there, but... Flight Plan is a very different beast. Flight Plan was released uh, just a few, about seven weeks later on September 23rd, 2005. And uh, I I also saw this in theaters. It was when I came back from uh, college for like fall break, a friend of mine, and I went. And she later, the same friend uh, bought me this movie Right when I uh, was out of the hospital, when I had that long stay for ten, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that period, yep, it was she bought this movie for me. Still own it. Um, yeah, it was. It was funny enough. Right, it was right next to Red Eye when I grabbed it off the shelf. Uh, okay. Funny enough. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, flight plan uh, is about stars uh, Jodie Foster as Kyle Pratt, who is an um, American aviation engineer living in Berlin uh, with her daughter Julia, and her husband uh, has just died by uh, an apparent uh, suicide. And, yeah, and they're, they're uh, returning to the United States. I think were they, they were permanently moving, right, or was it just for the funeral? I think they're permanently moving to be uh, to live. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's right with her grandparents. Yeah, because um, they packed up the house. Yeah, so they um uh they're at the airport, and you know we 
we really early on get the impression, you know, that Kyle is not in a good mental state. Yeah. She, and Kyle is Jodie Foster's character. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Originally, speaking of uh, also Sean Penn, Sean Penn was supposed to play this role originally. Really? Yep. So what were they going to do? Have it be the wife that was in the casket? Probably. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they they go to the air and beforehand, you know, she is like, you know, seeing people that may, you know, maybe are there, maybe not. And, you know, that'll come up later on. And, uh, you know, we get to the airport and uh, Julia walks away for a little bit. And oh oh my God, can I just say, I get so uneasy. I don't have children and likely never will. Nothing makes me more anxious than when you see like a a parent freak out thinking their kid is gone. That, that, like, oh my God, oh my God. So when I, when I was a kid, I got lost twice. (sighs) It wasn't for long. Um, and, and I, I, oh, I mean, one time it was like two hours, but you know, I'm, I'm a very resourceful and intelligent person. And, and, and so I do the smart thing, like, oh, like going to a person at the place to ask them for help. I went on a search party. So I got lost at Typhoon Lagoon at Disney World. Have either I've of been, you been to I've Disney been there. World? I've been there. No. Typhoon Lagoon. Okay. Uh, Jess, have you been? No. So think about like for an eight-year-old kid, Typhoon Lagoon is giant. Picture any water park you've ever been to and make it four times bigger. Mm-hmm. And Typhoon Lagoon is is really cleverly set up because it's Disney. It, it has uh, the lazy river goes around the whole place, and the water, uh, the the wave pools in the middle, and all the water slides on the exterior. So you take the lazy river to the slides. Well, my uncle took me to go on water slides and we went on a bunch and got to one that I was too short to go on. So he said, Oh, there's your family right there in the lazy river. You go off with them and I'm going to go on this slide. Well, we had to get in line to get into the lazy river. So by the time I got in there, my family was gone. So mm. I spent an hour walking around the lazy river, looking for my family. I decided uh, backwards. How, how old were but you? I remember the I was eight. I, re- I remember no. the panic. I remember the panic of thinking my family's just going to leave and go home. Oh, um, oh, and, uh, never and, that. Uh, right. That's where my brain was. So I eventually got out of the lazy river and found my mother. Um, I, I remembered where her bathing suit and realized, you know, I know that all of this surrounds the wave pool. So I got out and just walked and found out where my family was stationed, but that was just a random chance. Right. But I yeah. still can't believe like, I mean, my dad was so freaking angry. I have a feeling he beat the crap out of my uncle like that day, but you know, Ooh, yeah. I, I, think I, about that. I think it. about that fear. So whenever I watched a movie like this before I had children, I, I was the kid. You know what I mean? Like in Finding Nemo, I remember seeing Finding Nemo in the theater and being terrified for Nemo. But then after having children, I watched both this movie Flight Plan and Finding Nemo and movies like this. And then I look at it from the parents' perspective and it's a whole nother level of just terror, anxiety, and 
Whew. Sorry, I just, sorry for that aside, but this, this you're right, Stefan. This movie just really they set up that like really feel like Jodie Foster in those moments. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And you know, she's just an incredible actress, obviously. She really is. Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. a lot of heavy lifting in this movie. Cause, yeah. Cause oh, yeah. I, cause I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy this movie, but it is convoluted. Would yes. Be a word I'd use for it. I agree. <laughs> um, so, so they board the plane and can I just say the plane feels like a character in and of itself. Yes. In this movie. Yes. I love, okay. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the Airbus A380? Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. Um, one of my, but it's the Jess. I don't know if I mentioned this. It's like the two level, it's just, it's kind of like the plane in the movie, the double decker, full two level plane, and it's huge. Yeah, yeah it's massive and really luxurious if you can afford it. Um, it has like the, the, the lounge, the bar, and they're kind of like that. And um, one of my bucket list goals is to fly on that plane before they all get grounded, which is going to happen sooner rather than later, later probably sometimes in the 2030s. So, Jess, if you're serious about London, we should try to plan that. We could do a stop off in New York because they'll definitely fly out of there. They don't fly to Minneapolis. The airports are too small. I was <laughs> yeah. so bummed. My flight to London was supposed to be on an A3A and then uh... upgraded to a. To a to a single decker um, seven eighty seven. It's still a giant plane. Yeah, it's oh, still yeah. the biggest plane I had ever been on. But I I really really wanted that experience. Mm, I, I remember how you mentioned you know you're not sure who's afraid of flying. In two thousand five, when both these movies came out, this was during the peak of my Chris hates flying stage uh, in life. I've okay. I've I've gotten past it, <laughs> but oh my god, in the theater, the takeoffs in both of these movies are filmed so terrifyingly. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was, um, uh, like, a few years ago that, like, um, Emirates uh, Airlines, which is kind of, they've been the champion of the A380. They have, like, 100 in their fleet. And they were doing this, like, really just, like, like kind of just, like, asshole flight for $2,000, and you could fly first class. Like, when we are done... Both of you Google first class on Emirates A380. It's fucking nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a shower and like a bar in the back of the plane. It's like, holy crap. And you get the pods, of course. But anyways, it was like from like Toronto to New York to like Abu Dhabi or something somewhere like that where they're stationed. And I would never as a gay as a gay man, I would never step on on the ground and the Middle East, other than Israel, not doing it. But um, but anyways, and uh, just to fly that route on the, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's two thousand dollars, but come on, it's like that'd be that'd be an experience. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so they're on the plane, and I guess so they boarded so early was it because she worked for the the aviation company. She had special clearance. They never really explained that. I think that's I think that's what it yeah, is. I think it's I, because, I guess I think it's because she was transporting a, a dead loved one too that she probably got herself. You know, it right. probably had something to do with they established that the daughter because remember she she's always masking that her mental issues are always the daughter. She's having trouble. She's really messed up. You know. Yeah. Um, but the daughter gives her that I don't want to go out there. You know, I'll hold you over my coat. So I would imagine she probably pulled her rank as having been involved in the plane, 
to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they say, really, I need my clearance now. And it's like, well, you can't move something. It doesn't matter who you are. You can't move something without clearance. So it's like she definitely was trying to pull some strings and get some special treatment. You can you can tell that was what was going on there. Oh, yeah. She made herself known, like her position, everything. Right. She made sure everybody knew it. And that's what makes the situation. Yeah, yeah, even too. even more so, even more so. Um, yeah, and and, my, and yeah, and so, you know, we meet the flight attendants. One of them, uh, uh, Erica Christensen. I've always thought is so gorgeous, just such such yeah, a gorgeous woman. Gorgeous. Have you ever seen Chris uh, Swim Fan? Yep, love that movie. <laughs> such, that's, under, such a, that's an underappreciated, weird, silly movie. Stupid early two thousands. I've I've always enjoyed Swim Fan is stupid and campy and stupid. I know it is. I don't it know is. why I've, I've always liked it. I own it actually. I own it. I don't know. Swim Fan like, and Cry Underscore Wolf. It's like yeah. a Kiki Bopper stalker movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every every five years they make like that same movie, the same yep. exact movie with the same plot, and it still is good. But uh, yeah. Anyways, so. So they're on the plane, and we, you know, get introduced to the characters. You know, there's the the family in front of them. Uh, Peter Skarsgård, uh, Carson. <laughs> who, oh my God, he always he always looks like he's stoned. He always looks like that. <laughs> he, he always he always does. He's no Jim Brewer, but yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jim, you stoned what? <laughs> this is is my concentration face i'm sure it is jim right oh my gosh i loved him when he was goat boy on snl oh my my god one of my favorite roles ever have you ever heard jim brewer's stand-up where he does the time he got to meet joe pesci and joe pesci got on him for the impression he did of him no Look it up. He, he basically go. He it's like Joe Pesci intentionally tries to make him uncomfortable, and, I mean, it, it's, Pesci. and it's it's the funniest thing. He's like, "What?" He goes, "Make me laugh." Well, you're a fucking goat. Make me laugh. Well, he's just <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, "You do me, I'll do you. I'll do the go ahead." That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and he's, he goes, "I'm shitting myself because I can't tell if she's being serious or not." <laughs> and it's a great one. You gotta look it up. Oh, I will. Yeah, and um, so you know, we we introduce the characters, obviously, and then Kyle suggests that she and Julia go back and um, you know, because the, the back rows are empty and sleep. You know, like just you know, spread out sleep. And uh, they fall asleep. She wakes up. Julia's nowhere to be found. And, yeah, the tension buildup in this scene is just incredible. You know, and we, she walks around. At this point, we also really see the plane. You know, we see, like, the lounge. And then uh, the movie also throws us kind of the red herring with the flight attendants. Because we see, you know, them, like, how, how, like, um, uh, uh, Fiona, who is Erica Christensen's character, like she follows her over and watches her as she, you know, goes down the steps. And then when she is trying to get by, by the cart, and the woman is like, "Well, she couldn't have gone far, could she?" And then they kind of exchange a glance afterwards, and it's like, "Oh, mm, you know." They do. Yeah. They do an incredible job of making of making Jodie Foster seem like a foreign entity. Yeah. In this whole thing. Yes. Like, so you're you're never. 
you're always off balance with with the red herrings of the plane itself seems to be rejecting her being there. It's very mm, weird yeah. the way they I do don't know. that. From, from my side, I saw it as, you know, this is the flight attendant, like, place. Like, this is their base. This They know everything about it, whatever. You worked on it? Okay, that's great. But we live here. Like, yes. this is our... Yes, place. the hierarchy. I, I and actually... Good point. Uh, the flight attendants union complained about their portrayal in this movie. By the way, they like they like oh. were really pissed off by it. Yeah. Um, the flight attendants can be catty. Okay. Oh, hoo, hoo, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, a high percentage of them are gay, so just fill out, you know, fill in the blank there. <laughs> well, not all gay people are catty, but a lot I, of them. I've known a number of flight attendants before. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, on a side, yeah, on a side note, I would um, I would have loved to have been a flight attendant, but I'm I'm technically too tall. Right. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, even if I was to lose a lot of weight, I would I'd be too tall, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so so um, you know, uh, Kyle finally gets the attention of the uh, the the crew. And, you know, they do a announcement, you know, we're looking for this girl, she's missing, and they were everyone back in their seats, and, and then Kyle freaks out and, uh, you know, wants to talk to the captain, so she runs, knocks on the door, and then Carson, Skarsgård's character, you know, grabs her, and it's like, you know, I'm an air marshal, calm down, and oh, can I just say, know. maybe it's him, I have always hated air marshals. I don't like them, but whatever. <laughs> I think they're unnecessary, but whatever. They always seem scummy. Like, like in you're movies in particular. Say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, hold it. Kevin Hart in Hobson Shaw as an air marshal oh, was fucking Okay, hilarious. sure, sure. And, okay, um, uh, okay. Uh, okay, and, and one more exception... To what? be fair, Hobbs and Shaw is the exception to like a thousand rules of what should make a movie good or bad. Because uh, I remember watching it and going, "This should suck," and I love it. Oh no, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. So uh, then, you know, the situation is escalating, and um, uh, then the one flight attendant uh, gets off the phone. And she tells Kyle that we have no record of your daughter being on board. And so, and at this point, it just kind of blows up. And she, uh, you know, is like running around the plane, ordering everyone, you know, to sit down, sit down. And then we find out that the daughter is dead. That uh, she, the the dad uh, grabbed her and, and jumped off with her off the roof. Uh, and oh my God. you know we we don't know what yeah the and this the, is when it turns into a psychological game gaslighting at its finest yeah yeah and you just don't know who's involved that's yeah. what makes it so great and can I just say I don't think anything is scarier than that where like what you know to be reality is not what anyone else tells you is the right there's a reality I, the the 
the passengers that you saw them interact with, they're like, I don't remember seeing you on here with a daughter. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I know, I know, I know, I know. Yes, I know, I know. And we'll, we'll get to that. And like, it's like, you know, I know they're always like, oh, it's a late, it's a late flight. You know, people aren't observant. No, 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 no. And maybe, maybe it's just because I've watched movies like this, but I feel like I'm pretty observant in crowds. I feel like I usually am. Maybe it's just because I watch movies like this and I know to be on, to be prepared in case something like this happens and I need to, you know, I need to make a statement or whatever. But, um, yeah, and, you know, and not just that, but, like, nobody, you know, like, she made the stink out of, you know, like, I want to get on because my husband is there and no one at the front gate. I know Fiona was like, I don't remember either way if your daughter was there. They were the first ones to board the flight. Yeah. They got on first. You remember, psychologically, anyone will tell you, you remember the first of something and the last of something. You would remember her daughter being right there. You would remember that. And the kids, the kids, of course, remembered her. I mean, they they were kind of like, you know, yeah, we'll help you find her. And again, you know, kids got 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 to love kids, you know. But um, yeah, Yeah, it's it's always the kids. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm the same way, Stefan, in noticing, but I notice kids. I worked at a popular toy store at the Mall of yep. America, and I've, you know, been a nanny before. I just catch kids. Like, that is right. just my sense. And, mm-hmm. like, um, like, if a kid wanders away from their parents, I, you know... I will watch them, and if they get too far, I will go up to them and be like, okay, go back to your parents, and things like that, and, you know, I've gotten stink eye from the parents before, and I'm like, you know what, I understand that you're, you know, trying to protect your kid, but maybe you should be watching them. Either way, your kid's getting back to you because of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did it too, I've (laughs) yeah, and I've been like, you know, and I, you know, some, you know, being on the spectrum, sometimes I'll, you know, look at something and my mind will kind of, you know, go to somewhere else. And I'm still looking at a person and I don't realize this or a child. And I've had before one time someone is like, oh, my God. And she like runs away with her child. It was, it was like a like a maybe 12 year old girl with her six year old kid, like, you know, sister or something. And it's it hasn't happened much. But I'm just like, you know, I just want to be like, listen, honey, honey. I can't emphasize to you how little I want your child, how little I, you know, if, if this was like an apocalyptic situation and they were by themselves, I would, I would, you know, rescue them, but I would dump them off to somebody who could do a better job and who quite right. frankly cared more so fast, so fast. Okay. Your child ain't so special. You're ain't so fucking special. But anyways, I just want to say that to them. But anyways, you know, but on um, the yes, flip side you, of that, there are creepers and weirdos. Yes. You want to say that so bad until you realize that, Oh, this isn't helping my situation at all. Oh, I know. There oh, yeah. the stun well, guns. That's why I can. That's why I can say it on here. That's why I can say it on here. <laughs> but um, I, I always think the same way. It's like you come up with things in your head of how do I make the situation less awkward? Not making it more awkward. <laughs> making it more awkward. Um, yeah. So, so at this point, you know, uh, Kyle has, you know, kind of, you know, she's like been out of control. She's been handcuffed. She sneaks into the bathroom and again you know big big bathrooms 
you know, because, and the reason, you know, and I mentioned this the other night, Jess, but the reason, obviously, they have to have bigger bathrooms and airplanes for movies is, you know, for filming. Um, I know, but it's been right. raining and it sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, like, like, the, like the shot, like in um, uh, Midsummer, that shot where she, like, opens the door in her house and she's in the airplane bathroom. I'm like, geez, are they in first class? <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. be, it's so funny, I watched that the other night. Nice, nice. Yeah, we, 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 gotta, we gotta think of a movie to compare that to, maybe Hereditary, um, but whatever. We've talked about doing that with directors. I'd love to do Hereditary in Midsummer because they're so starkly different. It would be mm-hmm. great. Well, maybe yeah. we'll do a director's appreciation month or something. Sure, definitely. Um, and so, you know, she, and again, they're playing up, you know, how she knows the plane. She, like, sneaks around and uh, she manages to you know, climb up, you know, deploy the oxygen masks and, um, you know, cut the power and she sneaks down into the, the cargo hold. And I love, you know, how we see every corner of the plane, you know, like even yeah. the crew quarters, like we see, we see, <laughs> I think the biggest, the biggest, um, uh, plot hole of this movie is Matt Bomer hooking up with a woman. <laughs> Very nice. I love him. I, I love him. I love him. I love him. Uh, he was hashtag robbed of the Emmy and the normal heart, but whatever. Uh, but side note, he was a pleasant surprise because he is pretty. Oh no! Yeah, even even with that hair, he he was no he. Yeah. Oh no, he yeah he he's a beautiful beautiful man. Um. Yeah, you even even Chris, you have to admit that. Oh, I have no issue admitting that. You kidding yeah. me? Yeah, <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, and so at this point, they, you know, she goes down and re- and uh, you know, oh, and beforehand because we saw, you know, the uh, the heart on the window, so she knew that she wasn't crazy. Yeah. At that point, I and- love that tidbit. Yeah, and I love, I loved the, um, and that was kind of when, you know, her mind clicked and she was, yeah, I'm not crazy. It's not the, uh, the Paxil, which by the way, Paxil doesn't, you know, <laughs> Paxil's pretty weak, honestly. Um, at least for, for me, it was in my experience of taking it. It didn't do no, much. I've heard of that from a lot of people. That was, it, it was, no, it was the no. hot, it was the hot named thing people knew of at the time. Right. Yeah. Paxil. Yeah, and um, so, and the, by the way, I love the actress who played the therapist, Greta Sacchichi, is her name. Uh, she, since we mentioned this movie beforehand, she turned down, she has not had a big career in America, but she did turn down the role, Sharon Stone's role in Basic Instinct. No way. Yep, she did. She, I think she found Paul Verhoeven like detestable or something. What a shock. That makes, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Shocking. Um, yeah, and so after doing all this, she gets captured again after seeing, you know, there's the one coffin. Her husband's in there. Julie is not there. You know, alarm bells. And then I hate this scene. I hate this scene where they, um, where they get up uh, to... They take her back to her seat and everyone applauds. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I get she put, she felt, she made them feel like they were putting her in danger, them in danger. Um, uh, and it's just, it's such a cringy scene, even cringier than, you know, when she um, finds the two, you know, the, the two guys that she thought she saw outside 
of her apartment or across the street, I should hotel. say, in the other, yeah, in the other, the uh, hotel. And, um, you know, and she starts questioning them. And I, I love, I love that guy. I, I felt for that guy. I know I'm not Muslim, but you know, he, he gets that a lot. The post 9-11. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I felt really bad for him, and he was just polite. And he was like, you know, I I keep tabs on my kids when I travel with them. You know, he he was he was very polite. And it's like, you know, he and the sad thing is, he kind of had to be, you know, right. Well, that, that, that's I think the sad thing. I'm I'm really hoping that I'm right in the Islamophobia has gone down a little bit, and it's not as wild as it was after two thousand one. But I understand that it is still around, unfortunately. Yeah. But not oh, as yeah. Crazy. It it was, and then it amplified under forty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, a lot amplified under forty. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Kick out, uh, you know, yeah, impeach uh, the motherfucker, it, but whatever. It 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 bled much more into popular culture, and in its. It's funny that, that that happened a lot, right? Like, remember, like with the '80s, how the 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 look of terrorist, you know, always always was in a movie. And then with these, you just stick a couple guys like that on the plane, and the movie, you know, has a dark music cue, and you're just like, "Oh, movie, you don't have to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't need this kind of red herring. Like, just yeah. just stop." I mean, it was you know playing on kind of. I mean, both both flight plan and red eye play on post nine eleven hysteria. Yes, they really do. Even though and the, and uh, Red Eye is more kind of off the plane. Yeah, in that sense, that, that was a very a good choice on that movie's perspective of you know th- that the plot di- moves its way into a thing about homeland security and and this and that, but it nothing on the plane does any of that. It's all about just her and this guy and their right. issue. There's no, um, there's mm-hmm. no, you know, uh, there, there's none of that on the plane, which is interesting. This movie puts it all on the plane, but it's still, it's, it's cool. Keep going, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And so then they, uh, uh, it's revealed when Carson just really nonchalantly walks down, you know, takes the dumb waiter and, you know, does, goes down and we discover in the coffin that there's bombs which i know he's like they don't x-ray coffins i'm like really really hmm? I, I i maybe not coming from europe but in the u.s all they they would um and uh so it's just like it always is as as interesting as it makes it it always reminded me of like the kids sneaking in beer to the dry dorm and his uh um, laundry or in his like uh, guitar case. Yeah. Like, why are all the music kids always drunk? Oh, wait a minute. There's no music kids in this building. Why are they all bringing guitars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, and so they uh, they uh, you know he reveals that that you know Julia is laying in a is it uh, avionics I believe. Yeah, wherever that area was, yeah, which we saw, and we saw the one flight attendant look in there, but not very thoroughly. Yeah, and that comes back, like right up to the lip there. Yeah, but didn't look down. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't do it because if you if we would look down and not shown it, that might have been like oh, you know, tip us off right there, and 
she and then with revealed she is in on it too and it's this whole plot to um uh frame her as crazy hijack the plane and she's going to demand 50 million dollars and he goes and tells the captain this and uh, sean bean by the way is my mvp if nothing else because a he's not the villain and b he doesn't die you know what's funny is the credits on this started the opening credits watching it to prepare for this and i'm like oh yeah sean bean's in this does he (laughs) die I remember him dying in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, and and yeah, you know, he, he was he was a bit of an asshole, but not much more than most of the other passengers were, I felt like, considering what she was putting them through and you know, or what, what they believed at the time she was putting them through yeah. deliberately. Well, I mean, we, we did talk about this a little last night where there is some urgency to a missing child on an airplane because there's only so many places she can go. But if right. your staff is saying there is no record of this person, the pilot was in the cockpit the whole time flying the plane, so he doesn't know which way it would go. So I mean, he's he's he is being an asshole by choosing to trust his staff, which obviously he should because it's his staff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, missing child. Right, yeah, yep. and I mean he, um, and he. I guess he's MVP too because he's the one who spills the beans yeah. in the end, where he's like, you know, she's like, you're you're gonna when I find my daughter, you're gonna owe her an apology, and yeah. um, and then you know he's like, they've wired the money, cut the act, you know, you're gonna get what you want, and then she's like, oh, yep, and it clicks, and then, um, Peter Skarsgård, oh, he just such a slimy, um. He's so good at being th- Yeah, this skeleton key and orphan. I wanted to oh. just beat his fucking face oh in. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I cheered when he died an orphan. He just, I mean, I felt, I felt bad that, like, you know, he widowed his wife and his kids, but oh my god. He, and he, he was, he was such a piece of shit in that movie. But, um, but anyways, and, um, yeah, and so. It's just the two of them on the plane, and Kyle just, boom, hits him in the head and does everything right, you know, handcuffs him. And she's also, you know, she's, you know, goes into badass mode at this point, too, like Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And, um, you know, runs to the bottom, uh, you know, the bottom of the plane because she knows. And obviously, you know, like you said, it was a given. It's like, why, why is there only one coffin if my daughter's dead? Why? Why is where's her body? Yep. You know, and she's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, right. And uh, <laughs> and by the way, was it distracting to either of you? I thought him and the actress that played Julia looked way too much alike. Like, like, oh. she been, like he could have been her dad. Um, I think they used like a really dark mascara, like to help with that. Um, because <laughs> she was she was a very fair child so you know they they drew you know a bit more attention to the eyes and probably tried to play it up a little more right yeah uh yeah and so and then you know eventually kyle gets down and you know finds julia and uh they 
you know, he, he runs down. He, at this point, I mean, he, he's like really struggling to keep up. I mean, she yep. beat him hard. I love it. I love that. I love that. I, I'm sure, I'm sure Peter Skarsgård is very nice, but if I ever met him, I'd be like, uh, 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 you know, but anyways, um, yeah. And, um, and then he, you know, Hey, don't he, judge an actor by the role they play. Oh, oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a very nice guy, supposedly. Yeah, I've uh, heard also, that. Uh, yeah, Blue he Life is. Matter supporter. Huh? He's a Blue Life is Matter the, supporter. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Gross. No. Gross. Everyone will disappoint. Bum, mm. bum, bum. Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, that's okay. No, I. Those are things I need to know. You yeah. Know yeah. yeah, and uh, so uh, he he basically explains everything that happened to her, and the line that I especially hate is where he's like, "Don't you get it? I'm an authority figure. They'll believe anything. I people will believe anything I tell them." I'm like, that that didn't that quote didn't age well at all. Did not. <laughs> nope. 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 And then uh, when she, you know is about to seal themselves into the safe air. He's like, are you going to blow us up? No, just you. And boom. Boom. And then the plane, the plane just drops. And, uh, and I love how, I love this part, just how she walks out, Carrie and Julia just, oh my God, what did they, what did they feed her? I mean, really? And she was just so out of it. And um, uh, they go out and, you know, the crew is like, oh, my God, that's her daughter. Like, she didn't give up. And oh, I was just like, you know. Oh, my God, she exists. She exists. Wow. You know, nobody in a plane of, you know. And, okay, this is the thing. Okay. My mom and I talked about this when we first saw the movie. I mean, yeah, it's a big plan. You know, $50 million, massive payout. But, like, you know, the, the plane was not deserted. I could buy it if there was, like, 50 people on the plane. There was, it was at least two-thirds full. It seemed that way to me, at least. And as soon as one, which the kids technically did, the two kids in front of them did kind of establish a contact with Julia, but if one person even, you know, does, it's just, and not even on the plane, but at the gate or when you're waiting. Yeah. Like, if one person does, your plan is ruined. Yep. Fold it in, abort your mission. It's done. Like it just. I mean, I I could. There was, um, and I brought this up to Jess. There was a. There was a case of a woman who uh, did. Well, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, there was a case of a woman who disappeared on a cruise ship in the '90s. But it was like people knew she was there. It wasn't like you know, oh, who is this person? They don't exist. But um, but anyways, uh, and so, uh, they get out, and I love how Kyle is not smug about any of it she's just like you know i've been through hell you know it's okay i probably wouldn't have believed myself and they um and they just you know they're waiting for their their uh you know their car and then you know one of the kids is like i told you there was a little girl (laughs) (laughs) my thing is that this stink she threw in the beginning at the airport like she didn't maintain her composure because this is an airport like somebody can pick up your kid and walk away with them and they can get on on any number of flights and your kid is gone but yeah like she, she, you know, she did not maintain her composure. She was just like, "Child, where's my child? 
you know, freaking out to where enough people around her should have noticed. Yes. And, yeah. you know, if you see somebody freaking out, you're probably going to kind of remember them. If yeah. you're, you know, in the airport and you see this woman freaking out yeah. and you see her with her no, kids definitely. later on, you see her on your plane, you're going to be like, oh, that's the person that was freaking out earlier. And right. if you did not see the kid, you're going to be questioning, like, is this woman okay? Like, did she yeah. have a kid? I don't know. Da, da, da. Right. So, right. you know, it, it kind of... It's kind of a little plot hole there to me, anyway. It is. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's a huge, a huge plot hole. Um, but, you know, and then, you know, they board the the bus and the Muslim man, you know, gives her her bag. And it's just so, I, I just, I loved that. It was like, you know, they didn't exchange words, but it's like, you know, I accept your apology. It's it's okay. You you were, you know, you, you thought you thought your daughter was, you know, you didn't know what to do. It's fine. It's okay. She's here. It's she's safe. I forgive you. That 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 was a nice touch that they did. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the movie the movie ends uh, ends at that point. And you know, I uh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, it it's it's a pretty well paced movie. Um, like I said, just a, a red eye. Red eye. I think is actually plausible, or at least more plausible. Yeah. Than flight yeah, plan, um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, I yeah, that's that's a uh, flight plan. No, that's awesome. Okay. You know, go ahead, Jess. Sorry. Um. Oh, I was just going to say I hadn't seen flight plan um before Stefan introduced me to it, and um, yeah, it was pretty good, but it definitely lagged in some parts. Um, yeah. The biggest thing for me was the twist. When Sean Bean was the go-between between between the cockpit and Kyle and was like, oh, she wants $50 million. She's hijacking the plane. Like, this kid thing is just, you know to pull the wool over your eyes she this is her real agenda so that's that's really what woke me up during this movie right. i i was not expecting it i thought it was a great twist and then for her to be that badass chick and be like oh no you get back in the plane like you're not yeah. getting off the plane right now yeah and and it's it's cool cuz i feel like there's things with flight plan that I you know, we, we've said millions of great things about Red Eye and there's no real, there's not real much detracting from Red Eye because it's just very perfectly put together movie, but flight plan I think um, with its year parts and it's more convoluted plot holes and things, I think flight, flight plan could have benefited from being a little less serious do you know like it, i mean and, and I, I still really like the movie but i think if flight plan had uh was a little bit lighter a little bit sillier if if that makes any sense like had a little bit more fun because flight plans you know the cinematography is very dark and slick and brooding and the movie kind of has this like um you know like it's just super serious, you know, and Foster Foster excels in roles like that. Right. So she's yeah. not she's not detracting from that. But I think if the movie was a little bit more pulpy, maybe or a little bit campy at times, it might have helped sell the plot holes a little bit better. You know, I it's- don't really agree. 
Oh, it's, wow. it's pretty. That's good. I think it's it's That's pretty good. hard. It would be pretty hard to make. A movie with this content lighthearted you know missing child true. yeah that's kind of yeah, what true. i think fair fair and no, i okay. don't think they would be able to sell the psychological angle if there was some camp to it that's fair that's i fair. agree no i agree with that good point i felt this movie kind of felt um like tonally a lot like the sixth sense hmm. you know it, it's it's kind of that mode a little bit of like it's just i mean and like i'm like you know? the, the Sixth Sense definitely did have some funny parts as all, I mean, all M. Night Shyamalan movies have kind of random, you know, weird, like, funny parts that don't seem to fit in the movie. Um, a few of his movies, more so than others, wink, wink, <laughs> for, another, for another, pod, another podcast to talk about. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I mean, I still, yeah, I mean, I agree at, at that. It could have benefited from that. I still, I still think it's a fun you know, thriller still still pretty tightly paced. And I, you it, this, know, I this, feel this one. The go ahead. Uh, I I was gonna say, you know, that's kind of the reason we chose these these two movies um, to put them together on fighting films is because they are alike in that way. Is they both have you know some pretty serious plot lines going. They've both got you know these badass women. They've you know these, you know, really good things that really stand up next to each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, until I watched Flight Plan again, I had forgotten that Red Eye also was a person coming back from a death, you know? Right. And that, it's yeah. like, it's it's a woman and a death, like these, it, it kind of falls into that Armageddon the Deep Impact thing, it's like, did somebody find out someone else was making this other movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like, because, but <laughs> But then, but then, you know, flight flight plan like um, R- Red Eye. You know, when we talk about similarities between these, you know, they're both on a plane. They both have, you know, uh, some espionage or some, you know, some thing is going on. Their twist. They both. They both felt right. like. His- they both felt like Hitchcockian almost. They really did. You're absolutely right. And um, but I I love that you know then when you get to the differences of the movies, Flight Plan really excels um, on the cast that they chose to be in it, right? Like, Foster is the emotional center for Flight Plan, and Mm -hmm. if she wasn't so damn good at selling it, it wouldn't work as well. Where Red Eye, yeah, the cast that they got are, you know, blown away. It's the directing and the pacing and just the whole setup of Red Eye is just way more tight. And I I think I'll always like Red Eye better, but these are just such a great back-to-back watch in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely prefer Red Eye. Um, you know, again, I, yeah, I think Red Eye is just perfectly paced. It has absolutely no filler. And um, it just, it's a bit more plausible to me. And it doesn't, you know, um, it doesn't take, it, it's off the ground a bit. I mean, so is Flight Plan, but more so Red no Eye. No pun intended. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, no, I meant, I meant on, uh, sorry, I, I was going to say on the ground, like off of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. In the final act, and the final act on flight plan obviously takes place on the plane. So, but it's not it's not a stark contrast. You know, I, like I said, I still think flight plan is solid. If nothing else, Jodie Foster, you know, the the performances 
like make the movie if nothing oh, else. Hell. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. I and mean, um quite- Sorry, quite honestly, um, just real quick going off of what Stefan was saying. If Flight Plan was just about a missing daughter and just about, you know, the whole thing of that without the hijacking angle, I could see that happening. And it's actually yes. based off of an urban legend, which is really interesting. Ooh, um, yep. mm-hmm. But yeah, I could if, it's, if it was just about the missing child, I could see that happening, too. So what um what an addition is flight plan about are you saying like the the death of the father and whatnot and the well, I'm confused. Oh yeah, yeah, even, right, yeah. Not even that. Just you know, you have a very good looking six year old girl, you know, and her and her mom are on an overnight across, you know, the sea. It's gonna be a long flight. You know, and if something happened to the little girl, you know, I could see, you know, I could see all that crazy stuff happening. You know, yeah. she's, she's going around, you know, with her big girl pants like, yeah, I helped make this plane and da da da. And the stewardesses are like, yeah, but, you know, this is our domain. And then, you know, the, the customers being like, well, I didn't see a kid. What kid? What are you talking about? Right. As I mentioned before, people are very self-absorbed. Not a lot of people are super observant these days. And right. a lot of people have their faces in their phones. So quite honestly, I don't believe a good number of people would have noticed this kid. Right. In the first place. Right. They don't they don't have the same perspective we do through the camera. That's yep. that's the thing you got to realize. I mean, qu- quite a few people, yeah, but not everybody. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying everybody. For, yeah. In, for for the for the sake of for the sake of time because god, we had a blast with both of these movies. <laughs> but yeah. um I I I I'm getting I'm getting pretty tired where where, where I'm sitting from, but I was going to say we we mentioned some movie MVPs while we were going. Um do we have uh, definitive ones? You know, what What are our MVPs for Red Eye? Uh, my movie MVP was the little girl, Rebecca. Yeah. She was on top of it. She was observant. She was telling the adults what's going on. She was helping out. She saw that this woman was in trouble. Like, she's like the best person in this movie. What about you, Stefan? I still say um, Sean Bean as uh, Captain Marcus Rich. Okay, for for flight plan. Okay, I was gonna stick with it. Do we all agree on Red Eye that it's the girl? Because I, I think yes. we do. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, for me, um, flight plan. I actually my MVP of of the movie is the plane. Um, I think it's just uh, such, sure. a, such an important I, integral character to the movie. I can get on board with that. No pun intended. Yeah. What about you, Jess? Um, you know, it's really hard to say. Um, I I liked Erica Christensen's character. Um, I'm not the biggest Erica Christensen fan. Um, Boo, Scientology. <laughs> She's a huge Scientologist. But, yeah. But I liked her character in this where, you know, at the beginning when Kyle was walking around the plane she was you know following her around trying to help out trying to keep her calm like hey we're gonna do this like you know we'll help but then you know when 
her fellow flight attendant was like, there's no, you know, there's no record of this kid on board. You know, she's got to trust her fellow flight attendant instead of this loony passenger. And right. so, you know, I I personally think, you know, it's it's either Erica Christensen, who I think had a good supporting role in it, or the redheaded flight attendant who was helping Sean Bean, who yeah. at the end, like, helped out and just ran for it across the field. Nice. <laughs> At the end, nice. she's just like, nope, I'm done with this. See ya. <laughs> I thought she was more blonde. Or brunette. I thought she was redheaded. Mm, I thought she was more blonde, but yeah, she... I mean, it was kind of, you know, at that point, I'm like, eh, too little, too late. Yeah. So, but, um, so with, Go ahead, Stephanie. But yeah, I, I love, I agree with you about, yeah, Erica Christensen, how she was, she was never like, you know, she's just like, you know, um, Miss Pratt, here's the passenger manifest, your daughter is not on it. And, um, you know, how then when she was like, do you remember there being a little girl? And she just honestly was like, I don't remember either way. You know, just not, just like, I don't remember, you know. I mean, it was, and you got to give her slack because I think it was her first flight, didn't they say that? Or at least her first international flight. I th- I think I think that's right. Yeah. Which, oh my God! Great training, you know. Seriously, <laughs> for what to come. Yeah. She's uh, set. You're just gonna yeah. just gonna quit the next day. Now, <laughs> it it it's, it seems like from earlier that the three of us are are, are leaning red eye with with this fighting film. So, uh, is that is that a good assumption? Yes. Uh, yes. And when we did our Twitter poll, um, as you said, there were yes. ten votes. Four red eye, zero for flight plan. So I think we have a definitive winner. Which is a bummer. I would I would have hoped there'd be a few people flight plan because it is a really entertaining movie. Yes. Well, um, again, we are new. We only have a handful of people. We'll get there. <laughs> right. Awesome. And just just to or sorry, just to um uh just to quickly wrap it up um with uh scores i'm just going to rotten tomatoes so red eye had a 79 percent critical score 64 percent audience score flight plan had 37 percent critical 48 percent audience and i really feel like flight plans should be higher um, it should be at, at least at least 50 55 yeah, I feel like Red Eye should be higher too. I always thought Red Eye was a little bit more light than that. That's it should be Red Eye should be maybe like eighty five, eighty yeah, seven. Yeah, it's a super solid score for Red Eye. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think Red Eye Red Eye might not be like a totally perfect film, but it's definitely it's a eight point five nine out of ten. I'd say eight, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So so then that brings us to um, you know. The wrap, right? Closing thoughts. Um, anyone listening to this, you know, get into the comments. Send us a Twitter message, Facebook message. Let us know what you think. You know, um, do do we just give Red Eye way too much praise and it's not as good as you you know we think it is? Um, is Flight Plan just you know this masterpiece and we're missing something? You know, um, let us know. And and Stefan and Jess, you know. Give some shout outs. Let, let's let's wrap this thing up. 
Yeah, um, you know, uh, big shout-outs to our new friends on Twitter and Facebook and everybody joining us in our debut of our new podcast. Yeah, and, and if you have any uh, recommendations for uh, pairs of movies you would like us to discuss, uh, feel free to message us. Awesome. Well, guys, um, this has been a blast, as always. Um, I'm really, really excited to have been able to turn this into its own uh, its own show with you both. Um, Stefan, this was an incredible idea. And Jess, it's been a blast getting to know you, and I can't wait to do more of these. So, you know, oh, until, next, until next time, let's keep these films fighting, guys. Absolutely. Keep it fighting.